And you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And Tree Song is the joy of calling in via technology. And I actually have a two-minute poem about labor, and I thought I would throw that on, and then we'll get to the news, because guess what? It is Labor Day. Labor Day. In the name of efficiency and profitability, McDonald's has reduced formerly semi-skilled jobs, such as short-order cook, to unskilled and mindless grill tending. A teenager describes cooking hamburgers on a computerized grill in the allotted 90 seconds. They called us the green machine because the crew had green uniforms then, and that's what it is, a machine. You don't have to know how to cook, you don't have to know how to think. There's a procedure for everything, and you just follow the procedures. You're on a 10-in-1 grill, 10 patties in a pound, your basic burger. The guy in the bin calls six hamburgers. So you lay your six pieces of meat on the grill and set the timer. Beep, 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 beep. That's the beeper to serum. It goes off in 20 seconds. Then press the patties down with the spatula. Sup, 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 sup. Now you turn off the be- rear beeper, put the buns in the oven, set the other timer, and then the next beeper is to turn the meat. This one goes beep, 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 beep. beep. So you turn your patties, and then you drop your recons, handfuls of reconstituted onions, on the meat. Tecon, tecon, tecon. Now the bun oven buzzes. This one turns itself off when you open the oven door, so you just take out your crowns, which is the top of the buns, line them up, and give them each a squirt of mustard and a squirt of ketchup. Now you get to put on the pickles. Two if they're regular, three if they're small. That's the creative part. Then the lettuce. Then you ask for a cheese count. Cheese on four, please. Finally, the last beat goes off, and you lay your burger on the crowns. Then you scoop up the heels, that's the bun bottoms, which are on top of the bun warmer. Take the heels with one hand, push the tray out from under it, and they land, flip one on each burger, one right on top of the recons, neat and perfect. It's like I told you, the procedure makes the burgers. You don't have to know a thing. You follow the beepers, you follow the buzzers, and you turn your meat as fast as you can. To work at McDonald's, you don't need a face, you don't need a brain. You need to have two hands and two legs and move them as fast as you can. That's the whole system. I, I wouldn't go back there again for anything. That was the working at McDonald's poem. Oh. It's like... And so, the few times I do go to fast food, I don't disrespect them at all. Because they have to work hard. Yeah. Yeah, I've known plenty of people who've worked in fast food, and it's very, very difficult work because they're forced to get you the food quickly. So, say what you will about it, they're working very hard. There's some talk. Speaking of working really hard, severe drought in India has pushed thousands of farmers to suicide. A severe drought in India has caused the spike in farmer suicides. These suicides increased 40% between 2014 and 2015, according to government statistics. 
In those two years, monsoon rains were weak, reservoirs dried up, and crops in the inland west of the country. What's causing this? A columnist for CNN's website, John Studer, lays the blame at the foot of climate change. Quote, by burning fossil fuels and chopping down rainforest, we humans are destabilizing the climate that has life-changing consequences for all of us, end quote, he wrote. I do um, like that we're finally starting to show that climate change is affecting us and not just the climate and, you know, nature. Yeah. I don't like that it's happening, but I have said that for years that um, we always talk about how save you know save the planet we forget that the planet is where we live it's like save our home yeah it has to be home to seven billion human beings give or take and i'm i'm glad we were talking about the consequences like you said i'm i'm very sorry that it's happening but since it is happening it's important to talk about it otherwise i don't even know where else i would have heard about what's happening to indian farmers it's not really talked about in the u.s I actually had the joy yesterday of helping facilitate uh, the delivery of um, 49 bushels of fresh vegetables from a farmer in um, Paducah. He had come up here to donate um, a bunch of food to a bunch of organizations in Carbondale, and unfortunately, most of the organizations in Carbondale don't have a storage facility, you know, refrigeration for fresh veggies. Yeah. So he was able to give away um, about half of it. And when we're talking bushels of vegetables, it was like acorn squash, zucchini, uh, fresh corn picked that morning, yellow summer squash. Um, most of it, um, you know, needs refrigeration. Yeah. And this farmer was talking about how he... The price of uh, tomato seeds had gone up so much that he spent over $7,000 on tomato seeds. He, he farms 36 acres. And um, the temperature this year caused all his tomatoes to burst. All the rain caused them to, you know, suck up a lot of water, and then the temperature caused the water in there to heat, and the tomatoes yeah. burst. And so, Like little tomato grenades. Yeah, so just... Just the, you know, he lost $7,000 just the seeds, let alone, you know, the growing and the fertilizing and the time and all that. Yeah. Um, the best part of this farmer, he was coming up here to donate. He is um, originally from Syria. And um, him and his wife, you know, his wife had the scarf over her head. And um, what do you call it? They just wanted to give back some. So. Yeah. And... Um, we rarely hear those stories, so I just thought I'd throw that out. Yeah, the gift of food is such a wonderful gift to share. I mean, people don't think about it when they just get their food from the grocery store. They don't think about the fact that it took farmers to grow that. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. In our next news, we have here leading insurers tell G20 to stop funding fossil fuels by 2020. Here, one second. I need to say hello to my nephew. Hi, Charles. Oh. He just uh, stopped by. How old are you now? 
he's five years old. All right. Sorry about that. Um, oh, okay. We the got le- the new generation represented. I've got my baby video right here in the stroller with me. It's <laughs> just like, so the leading insurers, these are people who go by hard facts. Yeah. They, it they look at all these line. actuary tables and crunch all these numbers. They're sort of doing the economic analysis that's the equivalent of the climate analysis that they can fed to them. They take that climate data and they crunch it in all their economic models and see, you know, what sort of trouble we're going to be in from the climate. And so these leading insurers are telling the G20 to stop funding fossil fuels by 2020. Why are they saying by 2020? They they want to let them phase out, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm guessing so. It does sound like they're saying it quite urgently. Uh, of the world. Wait a second. Twenty twenty is like in three years. I'm acting like it's way out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It seems far away. It's like a little over three years. Yeah. Three and a half. Uh, less than three and a half. We're already in September. Wow. Yeah, just like. So they met in China this week and issued this uh, declaration. The G20 has already committed to phase out quote inefficient fossil fuel subsidies that encourage wasteful consumption. So that's like. They're saying, oh, phase out some fossil fuel subsidies eventually is basically their current stance. Well, in May, the G7 nations already pledged to achieve this by 2025. Yeah. So. When so le- when, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, when, nation, when leaders of the 20 largest economies meet in Hangzhou on Thursday and Friday, they must commit to an end to assistance for fossil fuel companies within four years said a joint statement from insurers Aviva, Egon, and Amlin. So it's, they've got a quote from the statement, too. Given the urgency of the climate change crisis, underscored by the Paris Agreement reached in December of 2015, the next steps on this commitment are long overdue. So basically, probably if they thought it was achievable by the end of this year, they would say it by the end of this year. But they know how slow big institutions are to change their ways. So the, the insurers managed $1.2 trillion in assets. That's with the T. Yeah, with a T. That's not billion. That's trillion. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, Aviva CEO Mark Wilson said climate change in particular represents the mother of all risks. So they're not just saying this is one other minor risk we're adding to the pot. It's the mother of all risks to business and to society as a whole. And that risk is magnified by the way in which fossil fuel subsidies distort the energy market. These subsidies are simply unsustainable. And that's, that's something I've thought about for a long time. You know, it's, it's not simply that we're still using fossil fuels. It's that governments are actively intervening to make them cheaper for people. And, you know, people especially of low income and nations of low income, they're going to go for the cheapest source. The International Monetary Fund is getting in on it. They estimate that it's, you know, $10 million per minute. (laughs) Just like... Yeah. (laughs) So. So think of what else we could do for $10 million per minute, too. I don't know. I can't think of what I could do $10 million per year. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) There's a movie. I can't remember what the title was, but there was a movie where someone had to spend a certain amount of number in a short amount of time in order to uh, earn the whole inheritance, something like that. 
So they're calling on governments to kick away these carbon crutches, reveal the true impact to society of fossil fuels, and take into account the price we will pay for the future for relying on them. Yep. It's like people constantly talk about, um, you know, free market economy, and yet we subsidize the com- companies that are making the most money. Yeah. Because, yep. So. It's ironic because they, they have the money to fund lobbies to get those subsidies. So oftentimes the wealthiest industries get the most benefits. Now, some people are doing something about this. Dozens more arrested fighting massive Midwestern oil pipeline. Dozens more arrested. 37 arrests in Iowa and North Dakota came during nonviolent direct actions on Wednesday. Now, why do we think this is a big deal? Well, this oil pipeline that they're stopping is set to come through Illinois. Resistance to the Dakota Access Pipeline has been executed by a historic alliance of farmers, landowners, environmentalists, and more than 100 Native American tribes. In recent weeks, the center of resistance has been a campground on the western banks of the Missouri River, just steps away from the border of the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation. Hundreds flock to the site near Cannonball, North Dakota, pledging to block the pipeline from entering the water. And um, we've been talking about this every week because it's been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone on for a while now, and it has escalated. Um, you know, it started out with just a relatively small group of people on the first day or two arriving, but now it's, it's so many people from those diverse communities they mentioned, people who don't usually work together on issues like this, but they all realize that water is life. On Wednesday, about 50 activists entered a construction site and two men tied themselves to construction equipment. They and five others were arrested. Um, In Iowa, 30 protesters were arrested after they formed a human chain at a construction staging site in Boone. More than 100 people attended that protest. On Wednesday, organizers at the Sacred Stone and Red Warrior Camps in North Dakota released a global call to action for September 3rd through the 17th. And here we're just laying out the facts. But one of the facts that we've talked about in past shows is the fact that this oil pipeline is going to have a half a million barrels of oil per day go through it, and it will be upstream from where all these people live. Not all of them, but upstream from the Standing Rock Sioux Indian Reservation. And so the Native American people who first started this protest said, we don't want an oil pipeline that could, you know, break upstream from where we live because if it leaks even a little bit, it will detrimentally affect our way of living. Yeah. And so... Um, and even if everything goes according to plan, you still have all that oil flowing and being burned, which is just going to exacerbate the climate crisis. Yep. So, um, you know, originally I think most of them just didn't want, you know, a, a, a pipeline upstream from them. But yeah. now it's reached the point where a lot of people are coming to stop it because they don't want it burned and it to kill us, right? 
Yeah. Long term. So. Yeah, and they're doing the call to action for people to gather there for September 3rd through 17th. So let's see. In some other news here, Florida tries to reclaim its identity as the Sunshine State. I guess that'd be sunny news. <laughs> yeah. News in the sunshine. The state may rank third in the U.S. for rooftop solar potential and have as many as 128 sunny days a year, but Florida lags in solar installations. The state ranks 14th in the country. What? It's kind of ironic. It's, I, I would have assumed they were one of the top ones. You know, maybe the desert in the southwest being the very top, but I would have figured them third or fourth. But they're 14th currently. Uh, they're lagging behind wintry states like New York and Massachusetts, which have more solar than Florida. See, it's not about how much solar there is. It's about politics because in yeah. the world, Germany has less sun than anywhere in the U.S. and three times as much solar than all of the U.S. And just in case you didn't know, Germany is a lot smaller than the U.S. Yeah, so they just chose to do it and they're doing it. Yep. So it is happening regardless. Yeah. So the times are changing in Florida. On Tuesday, Florida voters overwhelmingly approved an amendment to the state constitution that cuts property taxes on residential and commercial properties with solar panels. Now, it is already a federal incentive that, you know, you can't raise your taxes. And there's a few Illinois state incentives that, you know, putting solar on increases the value of your place but doesn't increase your taxes. So Florida is catching up. (laughs) Yeah. So... Another signal of the industry's rapid growth came last year when installations grew by 90%. Not a very difficult feat when less than 1% of your power comes from solar, but still. I mean, 90% increase. Let's see. Holidays. International uh, got, Bacon Day. Oh, you got something? Yeah, we got a bit of news from a listener who told us that there's there's an effort currently being organized that's still in the beginnings to try to do some support for the people at the uh, protests that we were just talking about. So we will have more news on that as it develops. But local people are trying to show their support too. Well, I heard that people are going to actually take a ride to North Dakota also to bring supplies because... Um, the state has cut off water to them, and of course, it's you know they're in the middle of nowhere, so they don't really have food. So the people who are there need supplies. So yeah, yep. And I'm today's International Bacon Day, so maybe bring some bacon. <laughs> we may get a shipment of bacon, bacon today for that. Let's see. Also coming up is Skyscraper Day and Newspaper Carrier Day. Now, anyone who comes and delivers stuff for you early in the morning, they deserve a special extra shout-out. Or take away your trash. Just like <laughs> anybody who's out there working at, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, kudos. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Monday is Be Late for Something Day. Now, isn't it a day that most people take off? Yeah. Because so, it's Labor Day. It's Labor Day. I wonder if that's why 
Yeah, it's just like, just like people weren't showing up for work anyway, so we might as well call it be late for something day. Yeah. And it's also Labor Day. Now, I celebrate Labor Day on May 1st, but I know this is the, in the U.S., this is the official Labor Day coming up. Any day is a good day to celebrate Labor. May 1st is International Labor Day, yeah. Yeah. So. Tuesday is Fight Procrastination Day and Read a Book Day. That'd be a good way to fight procrastination. Finally start yeah. reading that book. Yeah. I've been catching up now on my reading again. I, I stopped reading for a few weeks, you know, around the time that Bedelia was born, but I am an avid reader once again. So neither rain nor snow days on Wednesday. I haven't seen the forecast. Maybe there will be neither rain <laughs> nor snow. <laughs> oh, International Literacy Day. It's very important for people to learn how to read. It opens up a whole new world. Did you know that September is Baby Safety Month? I mean, that should be all the time, but there's a special month for it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, there will be uh, the fourth Friday fair downtown will have a special, you know, Latino-Hispanic um, whole theme music and dancers and all that. So that's towards the end of the month. So, getting into happenings. The Peace and Justice Vigil, Saturday, September 3rd at noon at the Town Square Pavilion. The Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois Monthly Vigil for Peace and Justice is scheduled for Saturday, September 3rd, noon to 1 p.m. at the corner of Illinois and Main Street in Carbondale. The vigil will have the theme, When You Vote, Think Peace and Justice, to make a future possible, make a better future possible, call on policymakers to transfer our tax dollars from the reckless military overspending abroad and at home, thus making more enemies to supporting those underfunded priorities that benefit us at home. A little editorial, I'm always surprised by the pie chart that says where our tax, tax dollars go yeah. and that, you know, 50% of it goes to war. Um, yeah, whenever people talk about the budget, that's pretty, pretty much usually my first thought is, well, let's, why not cut the war budget? So that is Saturday at noon. The vigil is open to all. Relevant sides will be provided, but all are encouraged to bring their own. All right, and other happenings, we have the Rotaract Student Welcome Dinner. It's coming up on Saturday at 6 p.m. at the Wesley Foundation. Saluki Rotaract will be having a student welcoming dinner this coming Saturday, 6 p.m. at the Wesley Foundation. It's an excellent opportunity to learn more about leadership and develop professional skills. Rotaract brings together young leaders to take action for their communities, share their ideas, and look at the world's challenges in a different way. So for more information, you can find them on Facebook, the Saluki Rotaract page, or visit siucwesley.org. It's a good opportunity for some service. On Sunday, the Labyrinth Walk, the next monthly community walking meditation will be held on Sunday, September 4th from 7.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. at the Labyrinth Peace Park. This is north of the Guy House at 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. Many Labyrinth users describe feelings of peace, oneness with others, and relaxation after their walk. If you have not yet walked 
the labyrinth or a labyrinth period, guides will be available to assist you and answer your questions. The community labyrinth walk will be followed by coffee at neighboring Harbaugh's Cafe. The public is invited to the monthly labyrinth walks to be held the first Sunday of each month from 7.30 to 8 a.m. at the Labyrinth Peace Park. The Buckminster Fuller Dome Covered Labyrinth and Park is always open for meditation and recreation. See the new website at labyrinthpeacepark.org. And of course, if you can spell labyrinth, you deserve to go to that website. <laughs> yeah. Labyrinthpeacepark.org. A very beautiful park. Yes. Also coming up, we have the Continuing the Conversation. This happens every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of community members meets on Tuesday nights for Continuing the Conversation. Our purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's life goals. As we listen to one another, we will build a community that strengthens our understanding and compassion for one another. So they get together and they talk about various issues and seeking to build an interracial community. So that is once again on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. This Tuesday at 8.30 p.m., Transpoetic Playground. Did you know that Southern Illinois has been turned has turned Carbondale into the city of poets? That's right. Since September 2009, the freshest spoken word open mic in Southern Illinois. Poetry, dramatic, a spoken word, and a very open, creative environment. Age, race, sexual orientation, culture, credentials, appearance, or experience does not matter on this playground. Present to peace or just listen. Great entertainment and atmosphere, still no cover or minimum. The Transpoetic Playground convenes every first and third Tuesday at the Guy House at the corner of 51 and Grand in Carbondale. Yes, you are invited. Mm-hmm. That's always a fun time. I've, my poetry writing has slowed down a little bit lately, but I still like going anyway because I like listening to all the other poets, even if I don't have a new one. So Downtown Community Farmer's Market coming up on Wednesday from 3 to 6 p.m. in downtown Carbondale on the 200 block of Washington Street. That's right outside the WDBX's front door. So a good time. All sorts of local veggies there and cool people to hang out with. It's 3 to 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. And bobcats, foxes, and coyotes, oh my, living with meso-predators. Thursday, September 8th at 7 p.m. at 216 East Monroe Street. How can we get along with the predators in our mechs? How do they maintain the health of our wild habitats? Through awareness and education, <coughs> Free Again encourages a peaceful, coexistence between people and our native wildlife. You will also have the opportunity to meet a special mystery guest. Presenter Beverly Schafstall is a licensed wildlife rehabilitator. She founded Free Again in 1988. The program is free and open to the public. Entrance and parking in the rear off Monroe Street between Marion and Washington behind Newell House and Holt Tire. Contact Ruth Kelly at 684-2196 for more information. <coughs> and um, we have two more. Mark your calendars. Bellsmith Springs Hike, Saturday, September 10th. And the 6th Annual Superhero 5K Walkathon, September 30th. Mark your calendars for those. 
there is a WDBX, and also it says Treesong has a team for the Superhero Walkathon. So, yeah, the Illinois Initiative. There you go. So this has been another exciting. Yep. <laughs> informative half hour of your community spirit. You have been listening to us live, local, and talking about serious issues. If you would like to send us a message, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. You can also go there and listen to our past shows. I don't know. Sometimes we say good stuff. So. Sometimes we do. And it's wonderful outside right now. I hope it'll be this good all weekend. So I hope you enjoy your weekend out there. Have a good one. Stay energized. We'll see you again on the radio next week.